Each week, nearly a dozen movies are released theatrically. 40 films a month, more than 400 a year. That's a plethora of cinema. Too much cinema. You'd have to be an addict to see all that. But don't fret. We've got you covered. This is Cinematics. Ayo! Welcome to Cinematics, episode 142. Uh, today we're going to be talking about the second half of December. Yes, uh, Loudmouth Anderson's back. That's me. I'm talking about myself, Greg Badley, but that's your get. That, that's your shtick. Well, well, since I did the uh, the first episode this month, yes. okay, with with Bruce and Eric, uh-huh. I, I came to this realization that you're going to do all the talking, and I'm just going to hang out and, and, and wonder at the wonderful beauties of Cold Cockle Productions. Can I do that? And I was about just, to say, that's not going to happen. I no, like, no, but then I, I like, realized uh, that's kind of my way. I just talk. I, <laughs> it opens up. It's tough to close it back down. I, I got TMJ with talking. Yeah, t- TMJ. I don't even... What does TMJ mean? Where your jaw gets locked open. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like so once I open it up, it's just, uh, I have a hard time stopping anything. That's my problem. I, I li- listeners, I was asking Anderson this week, if I was him, I would be so burnt out with all the talking I I do uh, all the talking that you do and the p- producing and the podcasting you, by, by the end of the week you the know? only thing i know how to do that's not true but i mean i, I talk i talk okay i have i have opinions about things all right all i see right. things and then things happen up in my brain and then i i want to get them out of my mouth that's oh good okay okay good good uh so yeah we're gonna talk uh, about movies that are that, uh, this is the juiciest two weeks of the year i am very uh, thankful that uh, eric and Bruce were able to fill in for me. This is all. I'm uh, never thankful for them, by the Greg, way. Greg so, did not come you. clean uh, at the beginning of last episode, which I listened to with glee. I, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> okay. You As, heard me. You heard me actually badmouthing. Badmouthing, yeah. which I, I really thought, enjoyed. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. It's nice to hear you say something mean uh, about some, anybody, somebody, <laughs> a movie, a person, me. <laughs> Uh, okay. But yeah, they, that was the second time that they filled in for me, and uh, they do a bang up job. And uh, hey, if you uh, if you would rather hear more of them than me, I can't blame you. Uh, I definitely enjoyed hearing more of them than me on the, on the episode. Uh, oh, and you, so you nice can find you. more of them and Greg over at Find Your Film, which uh, you guys do on a regular basis. I carry that show. Those guys are nothing. <laughs> Greg I, I, being I, me. But by the way, Bruce and Eric never listen to this. Bruce Perky and Eric Holmes, you guys are nothing. So That's, hopefully that works. Now they get uh, they, the, the not, same treatment. They also like Steven Spielberg, by the it way. It was surreal. All three of you love Steven Spielberg. Hearing correct? the three, uh, three of you guys talk of <laughs> Spielberg. <laughs> Three of you, Greg was suggesting that I like Spielberg and then off the. It was fun. It was a funny bit. I enjoyed it. And then we had you on the Film Vault Family Christmas yes, last night, I'm which so is going to air next week. Yeah. And uh, that was fun. That was a good time. Greg, Greg came in uh, guns a blazing. He was uh, once again uh, hammering me, talking about how Brian carries the show. It was, it was fantastic. I'm like, this is a whole new side of Greg. I'm a little bit frustrated with both of you, though, for the film vault in the fact that I I hope I just really am excited for you and Brian to actually watch the power of the dog. It's been getting hammered by some people in our cinematics community. Mm. Some of them don't like it. Yeah, and I'm getting I'm, I'm anticipating. I'm taking a similar take. Really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I just hopefully I'm just hopefully. Maybe there might be a chance that you guys might love it. So. You guys got to hear Greg on the family Christmas. Well, what we, we did a little different this year. Every year we do a film ball family Christmas at the end of the year. A bit of a throwaway episode, but you know we have a couple drinks. We uh, do the white elephant gift exchange with my uh, my my buddies over at the After Disaster. They they come over, Mike and Tyler. Uh, Logan sometimes would would be a part of it when he was a producer. Logan came back last night in person. Oh, very cool. Uh, so we had Logan, Mike, Tyler, but then Mike had to leave because there's a alarm, smoke alarm. It's a whole it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. We we exchange gifts. It's it's fun. There's some just, there's some yucks, but uh, the first half of the show uh, it was all phone calls with people who make the film vault go on a regular basis, and uh, I also got Greg in there, and Greg came on, and uh, I forget where I was going with that, but uh, it was it was very funny. Greg's Greg's uh, a segment on the show was a good time, a good time. Unfortunately, Anderson doesn't know that uh, both Brian and I meant every every word we said, so it was an, it was actually not a comedic I, bit. I'm it was fine hard. with that because you didn't say anything that biting, honestly. <laughs> I mean, it was just inaccurate, but if you believe that, that that's fine for you being wrong. That's, that's, that's okay. But thank you for having me on. That was really, really very cool. So, so. that yeah, I would have been. What I was starting to say is, I would have been a little bit upset if I wasn't able to do the second half of December. I, the first half is great too. There was some some movies definitely worth talking about. Uh, and now we're going to do December, the, essentially the last three weeks of December. Right? There's three more Friday. Yeah, three more Fridays uh, in the year, and I have one, two, three, four, five. 
six movies, seven movies that uh, we'll briefly mention on the program. I, I want to know, just before we get things going, you, you posted, I think last week or maybe a couple weeks ago, your review of Liquor's Pizza. Liquor Ice Look, Pizza. Liquor Ice Pizza. Yeah. It's uh, San Fernando Valley SFV. You and I know the valley very well. We reside in it. Yeah. Uh, within the couple weeks that you've seen it, or a week and a half, has it grown on you? You gave it a really positive review. Is it even better now with uh, time elapsing? It's funny because a lot of time, yeah, they'll either wane or grow. Uh, and this one has kind of stayed in the same lane. If I'm being honest, it's it's still in that very happy spot in my brain. And really, uh, it's it's in this it's limbo kind of because I I'm wanting more. I'm wanting to go back. I haven't had a chance to go back and see it again, but I will definitely. This is one that I've earmarked to 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 catch up with again and see a second time because I did enjoy the experience that much. Have you seen it? Well, you know, I was just wondering, I want to ask you because it's a better to watch it on the big screen like you did or, or on my Chromebook, which you see right now. Cause that's how I saw liquor speed. Greg, I know I'm that sorry. you go to the gym, but you don't go to the movie theaters. And right. that Uh-oh. is a shame. And Uh-oh. maybe this conversation <laughs> is leading us to this. Yes. Is there a world in a world? Is there a, Maybe you and I go see it at the man at the I almost called it the man village at the Grauman at the I almost called it the Grauman. Oh, we didn't do the oh my goodness! What the, the we what, just wrapped up nineteen forty four and we didn't do the Academy Awards. That's okay, is it? Yeah, that's fine. It was yeah. it was held at the Grauman's uh, uh, Chinese Theater. Well, that our year. Patreon listeners don't know. We should just can you just add uh, when we're when you're done editing, just say by the way, in nineteen forty four there were no Oscars held. That's why we refused to admit it. There was a year where that happened. I think because oh, really? of the war, oh, Art, and okay. they were downgraded significantly. Something happened. I'm just going to do the Academy Awards right here, right now. Okay. Hey, have you ever wondered? We, we covered two very interesting movies on our uh, Patreon bonus episode this month for a very exclusive group of you. And uh, we always celebrate by talking about the uh, people that were born in the year that we're covering, uh, as well as the top grossing movies of that year. And uh, we, we usually do the Academy Awards. Uh, Greg covered, uh, we both covered uh, Miracle of Morgan's Creek. Yes. And uh, the movie that I chose was The Hairy Ape, which was about uh, class battle. Now, and what's interesting about this Patreon discussion is The Miracle of Morgan's Creek is considered a pretty much... it's a high-profile film. It's directed and penned by Preston Surges. It's the more prestigious film. The Hairy Ape, based on a play by Eugene O'Neill starring William Bendix and Susan Hayward, it's considered pretty much an obscure film. So it'll be interesting because The Miracle of Morgan's Creek has gotten a lot more play over the years, but we actually dive really pretty pretty deep into The Hairy Ape, which is ultimately, even though it has some really top-of-the-line talent, it's a pretty much, I don't know if you agree with this, Anderson, pretty much a forgotten film. It's a forgotten film, yes. Yeah, so... It's good. It was, and a good I ended up liking uh, the Harry Ape more than Morgan's Creek, uh, despite the uh, the lack of quality in the transfer. All right, yes. uh, best screenplay for 1944. Just, just stick with me, guys, for a second here. Let me just get this because I, I the OCD in me it okay. feels like yeah, I got to yeah, get this. Of course, uh, going my way uh, by Frank Butler was best uh, screenplay. Best original screenplay was uh, Wilson. Written by, or as Greg would say, penned by Lamar Trotty. (laughs) Uh, Best Supporting Actress, uh, Ethel Barrymore. Hey. That would be very good. None But the Lonely Heart. uh, Never heard of that As Ma Mott. Okay. Uh, Best Supporting Actor Mm -hmm. was uh, Barry Fitzgerald in Going My Way. Yes. Best Actress was... Ingrid Bergman in Gaslight, which is a movie that I have seen. From oh, you've seen it. Seen Does Gaslight. it work? Does yes. that movie? Okay, I've never seen that. It works for you. Yeah, it was, it was a thrill. You know yeah. what? Uh, what else we didn't talk about with with uh, the Harry Ape is yes. uh, it was a it's film noir, right? I don't. It it's considered film noir. Shade. Oh, really? It's shady. because all the characters are you don't really pull for you don't. They're all kind of shady characters. Interesting. And it's okay. But there was no guns and no gangsters, which I really appreciate because I'm so tired of the guns and the gangsters. Oh, very. He has a little bit of a neo noir feel to it. <coughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Best no, documentary. Oh no, I'm not doing best documentary short no, subject. You're docu- you the same documentary guy. Who but cares about that from 1944? I'll tell you. Exactly. Speaking of which, I hope you flagged a documentary for later this month. I hope you did because it's one of the be- best documentaries I've ever seen. So with we, the we'll, Marines at Tarawa. Oh, what's uh, that? The United States Marine Corps is a propaganda film, probably. Mm. 
which a lot of propaganda films were being made back in 1944. Five came back, Greg. Uh, yes. w- more on your documentary pick in a, in a second here. Uh, so Best Actor went to Bing Crosby and Going My Way. We best need director, to see that movie. I, I guess. guess so. Best Director was Leo uh, McCary and Going My Way. And did, then Did we not pick the... Did we Should, should we have picked Going My best, Way then? <laughs> best Motion Picture was Going My Whoops. Way. Whoops, my bad. So yeah, it, it swept, right? Is that That's yeah, a sweep. I, I think Anderson... No, 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 because Ingrid uh, Bergman Gaslight, uh, Gaslight screwed up the... Uh, who lends to this movie? <laughs> All right, no, not important. All right, so now that's behind me. I feel better. Now, good. Hey, well, and, you, and you provided some movie history for the cinematics feed. I did. Right? Hey, so, Greg, can yes, you sir. do the? I, I got to get my book. Can you get the rotten? Uh, the the are the, the rotten tomatoes? No, scores? no, no. Sorry, no. I, my my mistake there. Uh, yes. Slip of the tongue. Uh, random number generator. Oh, the random number generator. Okay, let me look at some. Yes, I have the random number generator, folks, and we're going to look at movies from. I don't even know if it's nineteen forty. 40 to 1980. I'm going to look at Anderson's notes here. 1940. Have we done 1940 yet? 1940. No, 1942. Oh, 1942 to, I'd say, probably 1987. I would say probably 1987, right? 1987. So what we do is, for our Patreon, we do a bonus episode every month where we spotlight one specific cinema year. Anderson picks one movie. I pick the other movie. Our movie this month was the 19, was the year 1944. I picked The Miracle of Morgan's Creek and Anderson picked the aforementioned The Hairy Ape. Mm. So 1942 to, let's say, 1987 maybe? 89. 89. Okay, let me just randomly Because we've not done 89 yet. Okay, get more. Okay, so let me try to do it. Oh, this is, I have a horrible random generator. I have a horrible, let's see, number. Okay, let's see, randomize. How about how about the year 1979, Anderson? Is that it's I, been I, done? It's been done, yeah. folks. By the way, we only have about 18 more years left to go. So please, that, thank you so much for supporting us on our Patreon. How about the year? Wait, oh, hold on. Let me tell you what we did in 1979, just to uh, oh, make this even more good. interesting. Uh, we did the Tin Drum and Wise Blood. Oh, Wise Blood. I think <laughs> not not a good. That was not a good year for us to cover. We both picked movies that weren't so great. The Tin Drum was very interesting. Yes. Okay. But uh, yeah. And, oh no no no. I'm wrong. The Tin Drum was interesting. Yeah. Wise Blood. I liked it more than you. Yeah, you like it. It's with, uh, what's his name? Uh, John Houston uh, and but, Brad Dorff. Yeah, Brad yeah. Dorff. Yeah, yeah, very good. And, uh, oh, I bet I bet we didn't do this year. 1955. 1955 Nin- has not been done, Gregor. Okay, 1955. This is the year we're covering. And, yes. Blind um, spot for me, uh, Greg, has probably seen most of the movies that came out that year. <laughs> okay, so that is the, the movie, uh, year we're doing for the month of January, right? Yes. Yes, January, 1955. That'll be our 34th bonus. All right, let's enough about the plug-in. Well, it's a plug, but also it's necessary. I get really excited to figure out what year we're going to be uh, looking at. All right, 1955, that's written down. That That's taken care of. What have you seen thus far in uh, December, Greg, that's worth Well, look, well worth here's the, the thing that's interesting, because you do the year ends with the film vault. You're doing a lot of stuff with After Disaster. There's You said this is a, pretty much the sexiest two weeks for you for the year. How do you get caught up in these two movies? Two of the biggest, two, two, three of the biggest weeks. Do you wait till January? Releases? Are some of these December? Yeah, a lot of it's film. I, I don't do that thing, and I don't think it's fair to the movies or the filmmakers. And I know a lot of critics do this, and they kind of have to because of publications and whatnot. You, you do it, yeah. which is cram, cram, cram uh, before the, the new year. And you watch you know, two, sometimes three movies a day. You, you know, you're watching like 10 movies a week or more uh, just to cram them all in. And these are quality, quality pictures that the studios, a lot of the time, and some of the independent studios believe are, are worthy of uh, awards. And that's why they come out around this time. And to cram these movies, like you're at some kind of film festival, it, it it's not fair to the movies. I don't think. Agreed. Agreed. Yes. So what I do, what Brian and I've been doing over in the film vault for years, is we wait until the weekend after the Oscars to do our award show, so that it's like the actual last of the last, and it gives us a nice six to eight weeks to catch up on, on watch the newer movies that are coming out in January and February, as well as uh, catch up on movies that. Uh, I've been overlooked. And sometimes you guys pick best movies that are not even part of the awards fray, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. What? Yeah. I mean, you think that we're only picking, well, I'm only picking movies from the Oscars? <laughs> oh, God, no. Okay. So there's a lot of fringe movies that people should see that they get value out of for those year ends for you. So far, my three favorite movies of the year, uh, two of them are definitely fringe. And Come On, Come On is probably the, the least fringe of the three. That's still Indie Spirit a little indie bit. Indie Spirit, for sure. Yeah. What are the other two? Can you, can you, can you divulge a little bit yeah, so yeah. far? Uh, the, the beta test and... Uh, um, oh, the, uh, you know, okay, the beta test. Is there really you love it so much? Of, and writers of justice. Those oh, right. are my 
three favorite very movies good. that I've seen. This Both year. very good movies. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And Licorice Pizza. And Licorice Pizza. Okay. All right. Pig? How about Pig? Nicholas Cage? It doesn't make a mention, get a mention. Doesn't even get... You've no. seen it. Have you seen the movie? It stars oh, Nicholas Cage. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's about of grief course, and loss yeah. and it's... Very, very slow. You know, sometimes about, you get emotional when you, uh, when, you, uh, when, you, when you eat like a chicken bone or something like that and Adam Arkin, you know, it, you don't know? No? I, I mean, there were some comeuppance in there that people really enjoyed, but it didn't really hit It wasn't me poetic way. or lyrical or no, resonant? It was, it was Nicholas Cage doing the kidding? most reserved Nicholas Cage you'll ever see and it made me want to take a nap. Unbelievable! My goodness, it was like Fisher King, but he's a, uh, he's a he's a chef. Did you ever think that probably by the end of the movie? Did you ever think maybe down the road that this is probably one of Greg's favorite movies of of the year? Yeah, because it is. It's like a top three movie. Really? Top three, yeah, top yeah. three movie. Yeah, even over liquor. Finally, pizza. his new one is coming out. The uh, the undeniable uh, thing of grief of being the talent. Yeah. yeah, where he's playing himself. Yeah, you're excited for that. I am. Yeah, same here. I saw a trailer for it and made me. Still excited, but not as excited. Well, here's a good thing about this episode. We're only covering two weeks, Anderson. Is that a good thing or three not? Weeks, a, three it's weeks, Greg. Three weeks. established. Oh, oh, yeah. Three weeks. Mm-hmm. December. Wait. This week is December 17th, 24th. Oh, 31st. A couple weeks. movies you've seen yes. since the last time we talked uh, together. Licorice Pizza, we, we, we talked about briefly. I, I think you and I should go on a date and see it at the uh, uh, Oh, yeah. The Village might be theater. a good idea. No, yeah, it would be a good idea. You love that I, theater, I right? I to get my shots that day. I have double have you not boosters. got shots? Are you I have, uh, I'm going to take my double boosters that, that, that day. That's <laughs> so how it works, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> Do you not have shots? No, I have shots. I have shots. Yeah. Well, what's, your, what's your deal? You, what? You're worried about Omicron? I, uh, Omicron. Uh, it's double. Uh, the, is it Omicron uh, yeah, all the all those uh, automatons. Um, yeah, all the all the tons Greg, and cons. Greg, come come over to herd immunity with us, huh? <laughs> okay, come on, yes, stop being. Why do you go to the gym true. but not a theater? Uh, right? I, Work I, out your mind. I, I, people are complex. I, I think that's why. Is that why people are people are complicated? <laughs> people are complicated. They Greg Zuzavasti, a very complicated, complicated man. person. I, that's the only time I go out is to the gym, and I apologize the, for the, that. The Village Theater in Westwood, uh, California. I haven't and, been to Westwood for about three years because of the you. Virus you probably thing. went there all the time though when you went to school. You say right? Yeah, I used to have an apartment right there, and then. I just to walk all the day. The Village is my favorite theater in the world. Yes. I absolutely love it. Not and the fact that Licorice Pizza is playing there on 70 millimeter print, uh, I, it's, I mean, it's just a sign from the, the, the cosmos that you and I should go there. Yeah, you know, I received some free tickets uh, the other week and I, I, I refused because I, I, you I didn't don't. You think to kick down? Uh, there's only a, a, only a couple. <laughs> right. Sorry. I did mm. not think. The only thing I think about is uh, the only time I go out is the gym and, and uh, your your production offices to, to tape the podcast. <laughs> Why do you go to the gym where you got to like, put your hands on stuff? You don't got to put your hands on stuff at the theater, Greg. You just sit your bum down. The seats and then you got to, yeah, there's people breathing in the theater. Correct, there's people sweating space. out of all orifices, dripping onto the weights that you're using and the machines you're using. I mean, it's it's just, it's, 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 it's asinine. I uh, I never thought about that dripping. Yeah, okay. How would you so, not think about that? I should have thought about the dripping. I saw Encanto. What did you think of Encanto? You seen Encanto? Encanto? Uh, you know, I saw Vivo, which ah. I love Vivo. Yeah. By the way, Claire loves it's a, It's one of her favorites. Do you like Vivo? She knows all those. I saw songs. the first 30 minutes of Vivo. We didn't go back to it, not because we didn't like it. It's just, you know, a Lin- five year old has. Really? Uh, like, yeah, but maybe we'll go back to the monkey movie. Atticus wasn't uh, singing he, the he songs? He has a hard time. And we took him to Encanto, and like, he, he just, he's a boy. He's a five year old boy. They have a hard time really focusing in on anything for more than like a half hour. Okay. They get, they get bored. He Not was actually lot. asking to watch other videos on the phone while we were watching Encanto. That sounds, the Atticus sounds like something like a 50-year-old man like, like me would do. So, I mean, that's, I, I get it. I get it. But no, I haven't seen Encanto. You liked Encanto. I did. Okay. I, I'm trying to think. Maybe I did see Encanto. Did I see Encanto? I didn't love Encanto, though. Like, uh, oh, I saw, I saw Encanto with Claire. You did see uh, Yes. It is one of those movies where you might forget that you saw Let it. me tell you something. Vivo you is a way better movie than Encanto, I feel. I thought Encanto, we, the, the thing about the people having different powers is the girl doesn't die. She feels that she doesn't have a power because, uh, and her grandmother always gives her grief for kind of being just a normal person in the whole crew. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, this, this family with the powers, they're, they're mm-hmm. holding together this uh, village and everything like that. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Not that, not that memorable for me. Not that memorable, yeah. Not, not, not that memorable for Claire. Mm-hmm. She ended up liking the little monkey in, the, in, in Cuba. And uh, in vivo in Cuba, uh, that's Cuba and the two strings. Uh, yeah, right. Cuba and the two strings. No, Cuba. I, I just tried to do my little acento, which is with Cuba. I'm, I'm so lost. So, some, sometimes people call it Cuba. Sometimes sometimes people call it Cuba. Oh, I see. Uh, see? see the, oh, vivo takes place in Cuba. Yeah. Oh, that's Cuba right. The cars. And, I remember that. Cuba in uh, Miami. Yeah. Right. Gloria Stefan in it. Surprised, hey, yeah. Uh, I didn't want to spend that much time on Encanto. I apologize. But, I'm, to all so, those but, but you liked it. You liked. You really it was, loved it. Was it. Okay, it's serviceable. I mean, it's it's a, it's a Disney. It's a musical animated feature film, and I didn't. I didn't really know. At I times, I felt like the message was really upsetting to me. I, I'm like, are they really saying that everyone should get a trophy, and if you don't get a trophy, you throw a fit? Because that's kind of what was happening at times in the movie. Even though the the, the protagonist was like, she was likable. 
uh, even though she didn't get a trophy, she didn't get a gift. Uh, she was still somewhat likable, but she was also causing a lot of uh, grief for everyone else. And if she did just like, you know, take off, take one for the team, like uh, Bruno did in the movie, yeah. uh, things probably would have gone all, all right, at least for the, the time being. And I'm like, are they encouraging people who don't get a trophy to be um, hard to work with? That's a very, very good point. But I think I was wrong. All right. Uh, <laughs> I saw Red Rocket. Yes, I heard. I was listening on the way over to your to your place. I did not say- love. Yeah, I'm surprised. Did not love Red yeah. Rocket. Uh, it, it asks a lot of the audience because the characters just aren't aren't that much fun. It's, it's arduous and it's exhausting hanging out with uh, uh, Simon Rex as Johnny, I think his name is. Uh, this is a misfire for you. Red Rocket is a misfire. It received a standing ovation over in Cannes, but yeah, I mean, and Simon Rex was crying with a standing ovation. <laughs> I think uh, it's because they like the reclamation, right? The, uh, the, the, the underdog story, the comeback. Uh, the comeback, yeah, the comeback. The His second character. act. Okay, I'll tell you this though. Like I, I. I, it was immersive and like like his movies are uh, not Simon Rex but uh, Sean Baker's movies uh, all three of them now that I've seen like you are in that world but you wouldn't recommend this movie though it's right? not an enjoyable watch you are not endorsing this movie even no. though you like Baker's stuff but it's been a week since I've seen it now or at least like five five more days and I, I do think back to like him hanging out at the donut shop and I'm never gonna you know forget those exchanges even though he's a lot. This movie could have been massaged into something that I would have possibly loved, but the main problem that I had was the the lead character, Simon Rex's character, is he is the movie. He's ninety percent of the movie, and he's a piece of dirt. But is he good as a piece of? He's dirt? a garbage person is who he you can't even root person? for. Like you just want him. By the end of the movie, at first you're not sure, and you're kind of laughing at some of his you know manic ways. But then as you learn what the character is all about, like his manic ways become less amusing and you just you just dislike him and the movie didn't know how to end and i was i was really wondering what was going to happen at the end as i think everyone because you, you can't predict you have no idea where it's going that's a good thing One, once it gets there though like no one knew where it was going including sean baker and he just kind of i i think he tapped out really yeah. you think sean baker tapped out on his own ending i do my goodness that's very, a very no recommend on red rocket but and maybe that's why it's not getting awards love right it's not an awards type movie. It doesn't deserve awards. I don't think. Does I hate to like- say that because it's so original and it's it keeps you guessing. You have no idea what direction it's going in next. It's not formulaic by any means. It's 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 its own thing. But I just didn't. I can't. I couldn't pull for it. Do you ever wonder why the guy who who the, for the guy I haven't seen any of his movies by the way. If the guy who did Tangerine and the Florida Project. Do you do you wonder why he couldn't even end his own movie with Red Rocket with, a, like with that kind of have resume? The greatest ending with Florida Project either. I didn't oh, really, really love that. Okay, I didn't. Did you? No, I didn't. I haven't seen any oh, of stuff. Haven't, you haven't seen. You I, haven't seen Tangerine. No, I haven't seen Tangerine. I know Shot Phone uh, iPhone. Tangerine is inspiring and fantastic. Uh, yeah. But, so uh, Red Rocket. Okay. And then, and then let's. We're, here's what we're going to talk about, though. I think we're going to probably spend a minute here uh, talking about Benedetta. Oh, you just and you just saw Benedetta. By I the did. way, Benedetta. Top top ten for me. Yeah, Oliver that Hoven. doesn't surprise me at all. Um, oh, because I'm what weird. am I missing? I'm a weird Catholic. And what am I, I, and what am I missing? With what, help, help me with this movie. What am I? Epic, what am I? Epic, epic true story of a woman who comes into her own and uh, is a is is uh, she comes into her, her own as a Catholic nun. Mm. She has a very close relationship with Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. She believes she. Is that how it goes with uh, Catholicism? If you're a nun, is it is the idea? Maybe because I'm I'm. I have no idea. I know I'm not being glib when yeah. I ask this. Is the idea that you were married to Jesus? I don't know. I, I, I think, well, especially if you're part of the whole convent or that, high, uh, that, that kind of uh, hierarchy, you know, she's, she's, uh, she believes she's a, a, vo- a vessel for, for uh, Jesus and God. And uh, that's, that leads to some really interesting, uh, like some kind of really interesting equation when another woman is, is brought into the mix. Mm. And you have that really interesting relationship that she has with the, the, uh, it was, I, it was a sexual lesbianic relationship. Yes, is what Greg is yes, dancing around. Yes. Look, I felt like this movie was, uh, was gratuitous, actually, gratuitous, provocative for the sake Hoven. of, Provocative for the sake of being provocative. It's uh, a guy who it did is, showgirls. It is Ver- Verhoeven, but I still would think. I mean, this is coming from me. I would it's expect a little it. more maturity. Really? You yeah. Invited, oh, yeah. I, I, I felt like it. You was didn't have just a good like, time. It, it seemed. Now, if you're telling a story, if you're going to set up to tell a story, and it happens to push buttons because that's the story you want to tell, I. I, I like, and this comes from a guy who made a movie about a Chinese finger trap that's connected to homophobes by the winner. Right. 
but and I you know I wanted to ruffle some feathers for sure, but I also was interested in the in the not that Verhoeven wasn't interested in the characters. I just I got the sense that he was pushing buttons for the sake of pushing buttons, and like was thinking like, well, how are people going to react to this? They're going to be upset, aren't they? Like, I, I, I don't different know. ways to use figurines, religious figurines, you know, like, of your mother. How, how, wasn't, to, how to hide stuff in in the Bible? Wasn't wasn't that a <laughs> figurine of her, of her own mother, right? It was, I think it's which like, makes it even worse. I, I think it might be a figurine of the Virgin Mother. I, yeah, I think yeah. She said her mother, but. I thought it was supposed okay. to be her own mom because she left her own mom. I thought the performances were excellent, especially the, the lead. She was fantastic. She is very good. Okay, cool. She, I mean, she was great in Elle, too. Did you see Elle? I didn't. I still haven't seen Elle yet. Yeah. See, I loved Elle, too, but I had problems with it being written directed by a man because it's a woman's story of being raped and how she deals with it. And yeah, Verhoeven wrote and directed it. Yeah, it's for. Uh, so, are you saying you're basically? Are you? Have you ever? I like been, L so much more than this. Than okay, but Benedetta. do you like RoboCop, Starship Troopers, oh, Hollow yeah. Man? Hell yes, uh, okay. uh, Hollow Man to a lesser extent. But okay, so I, no, I love Verhoeven. I'll go see what Verhoeven does. But this felt von Trier almost. Lars von Trier could have been. Yeah, so that would be a, that. If you said, but that would be a compliment, right? If no. you said, oh no, Lars no. von Trier, like he makes his entire career off being a pretentious provocateur. I think. Okay. Sometimes it works, and sometimes I laugh very heartily when I'm watching uh, Matt Dillon go hunting with his new family uh, in the, the house that Jack built. But at the same time, I don't need to see clitoris as being... I shouldn't be saying that, because this is well, a clean show. But yeah, that's just a body part. It's biological, but I don't need to see them snipped. With Benedetta... when and Antichrist. When, with, well, with Benedetta, when things are visceral just for... For, for, its, for its own sake, as mm-hmm. opposed to furthering the story or trying to provide some context or depth to it, narrative depth... you. Is that a negative for you? Because I feel that a lot of the joy I took from Benedetta is because a lot of it is very surface, vis- uh, visceral stuff that I. Look, can't we get had out of my to brain. we had to know that they had a uh, relationship, and I don't know if it needed to be as crude or as crass as it was displayed. I, I mean, her love interest—the very first act she does is poop. I don't. Why? Why do we have to? What is that? Is that? Is there a deeper meaning there? But we have to sit with this woman as she defecates. And yeah. lots of sounds are happening. Like, what? What are you doing there? What? Yeah. What? What is? The, what is the point of this? Yeah, you know that scene. I actually made sure to see it on my, on the big screen. So I, I had a good. <laughs> not my Chromebook. I'm kidding. Not I'm since kidding. Nomadland <laughs> had I seen such visceral poop. Again, action. best film of the year because of the poop scene. Charlotte Rampling uh, is in this as well, and she uh, is she the has, glue that yeah. holds it together. She's fantastic. I love her, and she's uh, she's great. She gives us movie uh, heft, and she 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 delivers a very memorable scene. Right, uh, a number of. We can't. Uh, I don't want to lead what kind of scene it is, but it's very memorable. I mean, which one? I mean, I I, I can I can throw in a couple of is modifiers. There a fire involved? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I'm not going to mention it, but it's just wow. I don't know. So you ended up. Would you recommend it? No. To, no. No. I, th- I yeah. No. Oh my goodness. I, I, and I heard you and and, have- and Bert, Bruce and Eric talking about it too. And, uh, so I was you're thinking what a bunch of creepos who like Vendetta but also you guys saw it before <laughs> uh, you heard your own conversation about it obviously and you saw it early and yeah. uh, I saw it after you know hearing you and other people talking about it and I didn't get the same experience which might be like uh, a, a movie about a, uh, nuns this is going to be really dull and boring and uh, it wasn't boring by any means but I was expecting more because I had heard like you can't believe how great this movie is and it's not boring at all and it's action packed and it, it wasn't that Oh wow! So my expectations were high going in. You guys probably might have gone in with low expectations. Okay, so it's good. So it's good. That you, so you saw it, it in the theater. Look great at times too. Like really? At times it felt like it was something I might see on the Sci-Fi Channel. <laughs> oh my gosh! Okay, with the snakes and some of the cinematography just felt below Verhoeven. It was weird. Are you gonna have Brian see it or no? No. Okay, Benedetta. So it's currently out in theaters, and Anderson says no. It's one of my favorites of the year. Benedetta. What interesting. What am I missing? In all I really fairness, don't know what I'm missing. I think I think it just didn't work for you. And I think it's. I think it's. This you know movie is not going to work for a lot of people, though. You'll appreciate this too. I was uh, watching at home, and I saw that it was an hour and a half, well, an hour and thirty-one minutes. I'm like, that's that's good. I really like that going in. And then halfway through the movie, I'm like, wait a minute, that's a hundred and thirty-one minutes, not an hour and a half. And I became enraged. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not almost done with this movie. I'm only halfway through. You son of a. I wish it was actually three hours. I love Benedetta so really? much. By the way, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to credit you for something that you're go- going to be doing in about several hours. Uh, Can you tell listeners what to, hopefully, I don't know if this will be up by then, but uh, what are you going to be watching tonight? I'll be, I'll be seeing Spider-Man, uh, No Way Far From Home, uh, in, in Traverse. 
Introvert, multiverse. I don't know. Spider Man, Take Me Home, Country Road, kind of. I don't know. It's the latest Spidey movie. I'm going to be the donut hole at a Marvel donut baker's dozen. It's going to be me and 16 theaters worth of Marvel fans. And you're doing this for the sake because this is the aesthetic of your of your YouTube channel, correct? Yeah. So I'll be uh, giving my thoughts on the new Spider Man tomorrow morning. Uh, on the on my YouTube channel, as you said, yes, and uh, also talking about it on the film vault with you next uh, next time we get together. But if you had your druthers, you would not be actually watching this movie tonight, correct? Because you would probably use that time to watch Nightmare Alley. Well, right? I, Guillermo del I'd probably Toro. just not leave the house tonight. Yeah, I'm 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 seeing oh, right. this. But yeah, and I chose sure. this one over Nightmare Alley because I I think it's the smarter move and. Uh, for people to listen, more value added that way. Yeah, maybe I'll get some more eyeballs on what I do, and I talk. I always talk about this show, and I talk about the film vault over there. I'm trying to, you know, like use it for discovery because mm-hmm. I think what we do, Greg, and what I do over there with uh, the old bald one, I, I think uh, I think they're both uh, movie people should listen. I do. Very good. And when we started cinematics in 2015, the fact that if we could flash forward five six years later, and then you'd pe- be picking a. I a know. spider film over Guillermo del Toro would probably be sacrilege to us back in 2015. But I have seen Nightmare Alley. You asked me what movies I've seen. Oh. And I'm telling you, Anderson, mm. that your choice of seeing the well, you haven't seen commercially Spidey. viable, amazing blockbuster, soon-to-be blockbuster, Spider-Man with all, as a donut hole in front of all those people yeah. is a correct move. Because yeah. Nightmare Alley, I gave that movie three stars, and it was a generous three stars. It was a waste Ultimately, almost a, a almost a huge waste of my time. Nightmare Alley. That's. Uh, I was highly disappointed. And you said something on the film vault, I believe, and where you said this movie might be overstylized. I remember. And when I'm driving, and I was driving, and I was thinking, you know what, Anderson, you're absolutely right. One of the big deals is Nightmare Alley. I'm not even going to get into the plot. It's it's the problem that Crimson Peak had, where you're actually paying more attention to the style and the set design yeah. over the most important part, which is. The characters, mm-hmm. you don't really. I'm not saying you don't care about the characters, but he spends most of his time looking at the design of. Same his, thing with the fish movie; like it looked phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it. I wanted to spend time in just that space, but unfortunately, beyond Michael Shannon, I didn't really care about the fish or the. Yes, this movie is going to disappoint you, and yeah, you want to stop a second or? I, I think you, I destroyed my my little dog. Oh, you, Sorry, oh, you got it. Of course, of course, yes. He's yeah. getting yes. I'm gonna keep talking. The one, the reason why Nightmare Alley just does not work for me. I, I guess I would recommend it since I gave it three stars. It's a beautiful looking movie. It has some really good performances, but ultimately, there. Anderson, remember we're talking about sticking the landing at the ending, and you guys met you and Brian were talking about the geek from the original film. I'm not gonna mention about the geek how much geek coverage is in this movie, but there is a dramatic. The ending of this movie should have stuck its landing, and the ending of this movie of Nightmare Alley, after what two and a half hours of just watching this stuff, absolutely was a a big fail for mm-hmm. me. It was uh, it's supposed to it's supposed to give you a little bit of a, a level of resonance, but it just didn't connect with me. I was not, and the film noir is my my favorite genre, and that's why back in the day when I saw Nightmare on Nightmare Alley on the big screen, not on my Chromebook, I loved the original. This movie was a big big letdown. Just like The Shape of Water was let down. And Crimson Peak, I think, is actually even better than Nightmare Alley. That says a lot, because Crimson Peak had some... I mean, Jessica Chastain is one of our greatest working actors, and she just didn't fit there. You know, it'd be interesting, we don't have time to do this, but if if you actually go back and watch her performance in Crimson Peak just as a campy performance, maybe it works on that level. But still, it's so out of tune with everything else that's going on with Crimson Peak. The only credit that I, I can give with Crimson Peak and Nightmare Alley, especially night, well, with Nightmare Alley, is there are moments in this movie that is just beautiful to watch on the big screen. So if you ever feel the need to watch in the theaters, it might be just good for eye candy, but not as far as a very intriguing story. So that hits theaters December 17th. I suggest if uh, listeners, if you are trying to save a little bit of money and have to choose between this, and I haven't seen it yet, but choosing this and the Spider-Man film, probably the Spider-Man film might be the wiser no. investment for you. I can't believe I'm saying that. Yes. Yeah, you probably. Yes, probably I'm, I'm, right. 100, yeah, I'm 100% right. So 
What else do you have for December 17th? Well, before we, we abandon uh, Nightmare Alley for the, for the time being, the, you, you talk about loving the original, and I found that the original stuck to the landing. How do you mess that up with a remake if it's right there? I mean, I, you and I know what the ending is, and for those of you listening who might have seen the original, uh, know what we're talking about, and it's, it's poetic, and it's kind of beautiful, and it's kind of perfect. How would you abandon or How do you not stick to the landing with it when it's right there for you like, mm. with the remake? To be honest, I think just from Del Toro, maybe it's just, look, he is a master. He People love his work, but his level of pacing in this movie just doesn't work. There's, there's tension. There's no buildup on and, um, tension. And Is it like tension that's being manufactured, but the stakes just aren't there and you don't care? No, it's just the, the editing, the way he shoots, that he shot the ending. I was just thinking of so many different ways he could have made the ending a lot more tense and a lot more poetic and resonant. I was just thinking in my brain, once once you see it, uh, we'll talk about the ending of how it could have been done differently. It's not like... Look, the Toro is a better filmmaker than both of us, probably. Well, you know, it's but funny it just- though, because like when you when you really go above and beyond with set design and uh, like let's say look at Denis Villeneuve and what he did with Dune, and uh, to a better to a better example is Blade Runner, the remake of Blade Runner. Sure, the yes, it's amazing, and you're completely drawn to it, and you're 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 in awe. If you're me, you're in awe of it, but it's not distracting. So there's a difference, and I don't know exactly what that is, but with like, like Crimson Peak and uh, Shape of Water, the set design is also amazing, but for whatever reason, it's not really vibing or meshing with the story or their characters to the point that it becomes distracting because it's so good, but that's not the case with Villeneuve's work because I don't know if it's the sound is that there's something missing. Yeah, well, I don't no, know no, what no. it is. It might be everything. It might be the sound design. It's maybe the way the editor uh, cut the scene. Maybe it's the way the POV of the way, you know, are they shooting coverage or are they going, is it an over, if, it, if it's a God's point of view shot or the way they, he, Del Toro assembled this movie, especially during some of the really tense sequences or big money making payoff sequences, emotional payoff sequences, didn't work for me. Huh. But, everything around it with the set design and everything is beautiful to look at and that's the last thing you should be looking at like with Blade Runner 2049 you're, you're thinking wow I'm so immersed in this story oh and oh and by the way it looks beautiful look at that yeah look yeah. at how oh, cool it is they were showing off at times too but it still it didn't bother but me you're a lot saying, of times show off stuff that shows up is showing off in, in movies that kind of bugs me but it, it didn't it was just that good yeah whereas with this story this is like this is not oh by the way you're like oh that's beautiful and is there a story here yeah that's one of, ugh it <sighs> I mean, and Gosling is so good. He's, perhaps that's that's part of it with uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. But I remember Crimson Peak. I'm like, I wish that the story and the characters matched the backdrop because that red and white is just so fun to look at, and it just these, these set pieces are so glorious. But unfortunately, the story that's populating it is not. Well, you guys, I'm sure you guys have covered uh, Nightmare Alley a lot on TFV, but a lot of the, the the big theme that's addressed in the original is addressed here as well. I just, I'm thinking of so many other filmmakers. I know Del Toro is so passionate about this project, and I feel bad that I, I was I was disappointed. But I think someone like a Darren Aronofsky would have made this uh, oh, very can interesting. You imagine, yeah, just can with just with what they're trying to say. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, so, anyways. Yeah, that's the big movie I saw. As far as what else are, do you have? Do you have marked oh, marked away for December seventeenth, Anderson? All right, let's get to it. Let's uh, oh, let's let's get to seven. Why oh, I got nothing but Spidey, Spidey, and that's I got Nightmare, I Nightmare Alley. Is that true? Which let, one? Let me make sure that's true. Yeah, that's true. One of my favorite films this year is actually coming out on December seventeenth. It's called The Novice. You haven't heard about The Novice because they should have actually actually uh, publicized this movie a little bit more. Hmm. Okay, it's a great, great film. Do you like Whiplash? We were talking about uh, Chazelle uh, uh-huh. earlier. So yeah. you like Whiplash, right? This Who is, doesn't? This is like Whiplash, but on a rowing. On rowing. Oh, like a, yeah, yeah, I read about a, this Yeah, one. Isabel Furman, the lead from Orphan. She was a little kid from Orphan. Uh, I need from to Orphan. see that Orphan. People tell me that Oh, great. you haven't? Yeah, oh. I have not seen okay. The Orphan. Okay, but anyway, she's a kid from Orphan. She's now all, all grown up. She plays a college freshman who joins the rowing team, JV team. And she is determined to be, by the end of the season, she, she is determined to be the top rower or the best in her class as far as being a rower. And here's the thing. You, throughout the entire movie, it stays locked in, in in her character. And you're wondering why in the world does she want to be the best? So that's the big challenge of the movie. Is she psychotic? Is she a sociopath? Or is she just a driven person who will do whatever it takes? So it's a very interesting look at the psychology and the drive behind a woman and try, in trying to be the best at her craft. And it's just, again, we're talking about 
all the different uses you, you use in making a film and the set, the editing, the sound design and the acting, especially the, especially the acting from Isabel Furman is top notch. You're so, I was so locked in by the end of the movie. This is a five star f- film for me. Huh? So yeah, novice. the novice. Yeah. I'll, the I'll, novice. Yeah. The novice. Maybe, I don't know if you guys uh, have time. I don't know if you have time in your, in your, uh, in your room for TFV for the next couple of weeks. I'll, I can get you a, a link to cover the novice it's amazing it's amazing film so who and who who's responsible for it? it's ifc films ifc films they should have done it and by the way oh also oh the director laura i believe her name is lauren hadaway i believe laura or lauren hadaway Mm. she's very very good also it's a couple days ago on uh, independent spirit awards it received a slew of nominations best film best actress best supporting actress whole bunch of stuff so yeah so, yeah but I mean okay. Ben Affleck's up for an award as well there he's, so he's, I mean you gotta take yeah. that uh, award show he's in the Tender Bar I think you, didn't you say yeah, on the, you, that's bars. that's the one movie that you're you, because George Clooney's directing and said at all yeah, right no nothing of the sort what The Midnight Sky that was one of your favorites last Negator, year Negator 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 on that okay. uh, I, can't, I don't know if it's the uh, if it's Orphan or the Orphanage that uh, people tell me is actually very good. It might be the Orphanage. The Orphanage is uh, executive produced by Guillermo del Toro, and it's a Spanish film, I believe. I believe either Spanish or Mexican film. I, don't, I forget. That's the Orphanage. Orphans, the one with the uh, with Peter Sarsgaard and and uh, who and uh, Teresa was some uh, Vera Farmiga. They play a couple and they adopt a girl. Love that Vera. And and the girl who's the orphan ends up being not a very nice kid. She's, she's Damien esque. Yes, uh, yes, but uh, not to be confused. Neither one of those movies should be confused. Even though Dio, 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 uh, Guillermo del Toro was uh, responsible for producing uh, the orphanage, yes, not to be confused with Guillermo del Toro's uh, Devil's Backbone, which was uh, very good, also about an orphanage. That, that was right. back when he was. That was still, my. He, that was my favorite del Toro film because it's so uncompromising and realizing. I, I think it's so. your favorite. Today? I mean, that in pans. Okay, that in pans. Yes, yeah, yes. yeah, of course, that in pans because both mo- those movies. The listener wouldn't know other than the fact that we're saying this and out of the blue, Greg, but uh, we, we just ran out of uh, space and we had to stop. We had to yeah. pause. Yeah, we were just talking about how awesome Matthew Vaughn is. And- no, we hadn't gotten there yet. Oh. Oh, yeah, we did talk about all that. But the last thing that you said was uh, I was I was about to uh, jump all over you for not loving Pan's Labyrinth and... And then, uh, and then, and then it stopped recording, and we didn't look for like ten minutes. Yeah, yeah, probably the best ten minutes we've ever done. <laughs> right, I agree, I agree. But we love, we we both love Pants Labyrinth, so that's a correction. And we both disliked. Well, I don't know, dislike is it? Uh, we just wouldn't recommend The Shape of Water, even though it got Best Picture that year. And the fish, like you, you will call it the fish movie, yeah. right? You, I forget the name of it a lot. The Shape of Water. Uh, right. But yeah, I think we probably talked about his set design and how it's uh, distracting and all that stuff. Yeah, all that stuff. All right. Uh, so moving on to the, we said the Matrix. Oh, did we talk about the Matrix? Matrix? Yeah, we did talk about Matrix. No, Revolution. I don't think we talked about it on what people have heard. Though. Oh, I think that was okay. The, yeah. The, the lost 10 minutes of gold. The lost 10 minutes of gold. I, I have, I've had the screening link for about two, two and a half weeks because I was, I was a voter. I decided not to vote on it because mm. I, I, like you were saying, it's not fair for movies to just cram their best films into a span of a week and a half for critics to watch. Mm-hmm. I'm the critic, so yeah. I decided not to watch the Matrix. So you're just not going to vote one way or the other. I've I've already voted, so oh, we'll see. Well, yeah, so I I make, I missed out on that. Yeah. There's like a bunch of movies, and that they, I, didn't, they didn't get a vote. Or did you? Are you one of those people? I, like it probably was good. No, I would never do that uh, this year. So no. I'm kidding. Yeah, I would never. I would never. No, I didn't do it this year <laughs> or or any other year. I'll so say. December 22nd, which is a Wednesday, that's when that's set to be officially released. That's the Matrix Resurrection. Are you going to do that on your YouTube channel? Are you going to actually do that? I doubt it. I don't no. We'll see. We'll see how things shake out. I don't, I don't. Well, you can just see it see it on HBO Max when it comes out that way, right? Uh, no, no. If I see the Matrix, which I might not see, uh, I I will not see it on HBO Max. Great. Uh, and then the Kingsman, Kingsman. Is, uh, is coming out on December 22nd as well. We've all been hammered with the trailer. This movie has been backed up for, I think it was supposed to come out summer of 2020 originally. And uh, it is finally getting its uh, release. It is the uh, prequel to The Kingsman. And we see where it all began. And Greg, what's your take on this? I like the first one. I haven't seen the second one. I heard the second one wasn't so good. And I heard the third one's uh, mediocre. So I think just for Escapesphere, I'm going to give it a shot. You love to escape. I love to escape so many. Well, I love to escape in my house, but not out into the world. I uh-huh. don't do anything in the world other than go to here and the, and the gym. So yes. that's it. I feel like you said that on the last episode. Now I'm going to be, uh, until we get past the 22nd, I'm going to feel like, do we talk about this? Do we talk about that? <laughs> we did uh, talk quite a bit about Matthew Vaughn, and I uh, reminded you. <coughs> 
I went on a jag too. I get that. I went on a jag. But I was talking about how he got caught on a Zoom call earlier this year uh, when they were auditioning kids for some movie. And uh, uh, he was talking badly about the backdrop for the kid. The one particular actor who was auditioning for him um, was was staying, uh, and and how his house, his apartment looked so shabby and uh, terrible, and it's just uh, pathetic and sad how these people live. And then the kid's like, um, "I'm sorry, I, I I can still hear you. I I'm, I'm here." And it turned out the kid was staying at a hotel, and uh, it made me feel a little bit different about Matthew Vaughn because I guess he is a, a bougie silver spoon guy. I mean, I so would sad. No matter how successful I was, how much money I had, I would never talk that way about anyone who's coming up and young and trying to make it in the business. It's like, yeah, you're supposed to come from nothing, so you have a real story to tell. And give him credit, right? Give him credit. Uh, Matthew Vaughn should have given them credit for just, uh, you know. Give the kid credit for saying anything, too. I think the kid, Jillian recognized him. I think he was in White Lotus. I think he was one of the bellhop kids in White Lotus. And he actually has a, some things happened for sure. With that character, <laughs> well, I'm I'm ex- you. You said this. I'm I'm just cross promoting right here. He's just said on the film ball. There's nothing. A lot of the best stuff out, out now is uh, t- television series, not not movies, right? Yeah, yeah. that's, that's it's, sad. It's sad case. for you because you're a, you're a film guy, right? I still like movies more, but uh, yeah, I say Succession is better than anything other than Licorice Pizza, maybe that's in theaters right now. It's just Succession, so good. You, yep. you watch Succession, or do you I, just I, interview Brian Cox? I just oh, yeah, I interviewed Brian Cox. Yeah, he did. yeah. Logan, Logan Roy was so himself. nice in that interview, and he was he was uh, so nice. I watched the whole thing. Oh yeah, very very nice guy. You know. All right. Uh, so, yeah, Matthew, I never watch. I never watch Succession. I don't even know what that movie's what that series is about. We so. talked about Matthew Vaughn's but full I'm all, body. I'll always body be your. I'll always be your Sporus. Just remember that. I don't know what that means. I'm your Sporus. I don't know what that is. Sporus Succession. Sporus. I thought you guys were going to have a big discussion. What is Sporus? Sporus. Okay, we're going to we're going to talk off, off uh, mic on that because that's a whole thing. That's a whole. That's a whole thing with Succession. Yeah, and you don't watch it. Ta- you, Tom and you Greg. Know it and I don't. Tom and Greg. Sporus and oh, Nero. Okay, yeah, Sporus. Remember Nero and Nero's wife. You know that whole thing, right? Uh, no, I'm a Philistine, Greg. Oh my God, I can't wait. We're going to talk off mic off this, listeners. You know, if you watch Succession, I'm sure you know what the what Nero. Is well, the whole idea is like if you look back on several episodes of this season. Tom, I guess Tom is the the guy, right? Mm-hmm. Tom and Greg. Tom is married to Shiv. They're the best. Greg, they should have their own and, show. And Greg is, is like sort of his not glorified personal assistant. Greg is doing his own yeah, thing. Yeah. But the thing is, Tom earlier in the season when Tom is going visiting Greg into, he actually relegates Greg. He takes Greg from an, an office, a nice yeah. office, to sort of a cubicle within the building, right? Uh, so when he visits Greg, uh, Tom says it's a earlier, downgrade. Yeah, it's a downgrade. He puts when him he, in a bad place. When he's trying to actually wrestle with, remember that there's a scene where he's wrestling with Greg and he's telling Greg, he goes, you know what? I will, I'm going to be, I would, I, you're my Sporus. And that, and I'm Nero and you're my, my Sporus. And, and, and this is a Spartacus reference. What Sporus, Sporus was basically ended up becoming Nero's wife. Nero had Sporus castrated. And then eventually what Nero did was he actually murdered his wife by throwing his wife down the stairs. He threw his wife down the stairs. She died. He ended up castrating Sporus and having Sporus as his mate for the rest of his life. That's this whole. That's the whole in uh, the actual mythology. In, in not, mythology. It's not in the movie. Yeah, in the mythology. Yeah, yeah. In I'm the not mythology. familiar with yeah, the that, that whole mythology. So Sub-plot. he he mentioned that that to Greg when he was accosting him in the in the cubicle oh. in, in, and then and then towards the finale. This is not a spoiler because it's all over the place when he tells Greg, "Hey." Are you, are you ready? You know, like to be like basically to be my sporus. And then Greg essentially says, uh, yeah, who, you know, souls are boring. Who needs a soul? Who, yeah. who needs a soul? Souls are boring. And then boo souls. Yeah. So that's what, that's how it, how do you know about this? You, you reading articles? No, I just I I picked up on the sports Nero thing. It's and then but I how do you know I googled like the, it. Okay, no, that was a whole that. layer. But see, that makes the whole thing better, right? And interesting. And that's what he did with Shiv, right? She became Nero's wife at the end. So. She became because of the the betrayal, mm. the betrayal. See, careful. I mean, that's not. That's not. I mean, they don't know with the context. Bet, of it. It's ambiguous, even if there it's was ambiguous. a betrayal or not. Yet, I mean, we don't know. Oh come on, it has to be. It's better. Matthew Vaughn. Yeah. So we saw. We talked about uh, Robert De Niro playing a gay pirate in a flying vessel in Stardust. We talked about his first movie, which was mm-hmm. Layer Cake, which is one of the last movies I talked to my dad about yes. before he started losing his mind back in two thousand four. We both loved Layer Cake, and uh, Matthew, Matthew Vaughn, of course, kick ass. And uh, he, we, we equated him to. Uh, um, he's not derivative of uh, Guy Ritchie, but they're ba- definitely share some DNA as far as filmmaking goes. And and you wonder if Matthew, we were wondering if Matthew Vaughn's talent as a filmmaker should be higher than 
he should be be aiming higher than the Kingsman films, mm. whether or not. Well, the Kingsman movies they make him multi millions of dollars, right? And yeah. that's his franchise. Or maybe should he should he be making more like well, layer cakes or interesting stuff like Guy Ritchie is doing right now with with his with, career? Yeah, I, I, he is evolving for sure. Uh, yeah. Guy Ritchie is, but Matthew Vaughn at least he makes Matthew Vaughn movies. He's not sure. like a hired gun who. You know, like I hate to say it, but uh, Ryan Johnson, you know, doing Star Wars is like he's losing Ryan Johnson. There's a little bit of Ryan Johnson in there, but you see more of the mouse than anything else, more of the mouse and the Lucas. Than it's hard to, that's else. hard to fight. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Matthew Vaughn gets to be very Matthew Vaughn with his Kingsman. Uh, but yeah, I might I might just skip this one. Actually, I, I kind of have to because I have not seen the second one. So you know, uh, one movie that I'm as far as December seventeenth. Before we get out of December seventeenth, I thought we had, and we're talking about the twenty second just now. Uh, I, I, I apologize, December twenty second. But I very quickly on December. If you 17th, say Spider Man right now, I'm going to check you into a hospital. December seventeenth. Do you like that character from Succession? Going back to Succession, do you like that character Comfrey? She's she's the publicist of uh, of who's who's the guy who's the Kendall. Kendall. Yeah, and Comfrey and Greg likes Comfrey. Yeah, Comfrey. He does like Comfrey. He does like Comfrey a, a lot. By the way, the person who she's plays Comfrey, what her she's name? Out of your leg, Greg. Uh, a, a, man, a, a, a man dying of thirst now demanding <laughs> mineral water, Greg. There's so many great lines. Very, in there. very good, so very good. good. But the, the the actress who plays Comfrey, her name is Dasha Nekrasova. Oh, you nailed it. She she's the act, lead actress and the director behind this indie film called The Scary of Sixty First Movie. It's only playing in in New York on Friday, but it's pretty cool that Comfrey has a movie out in theaters. It's pretty good. She's got a great face, and uh, she doesn't get to do a whole lot in Succession, but uh, except look surprised and and distracted on the phone because she's <laughs> she's doing media stuff. Which may or may not uh, just completely smear Greg. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, I'm sorry. I'm doing an attack campaign right now. I said I'm an attack campaign right now uh, if, uh, on you. <laughs> oh, you are? What? Would you like to go out on a date, though? <laughs> Very good. Love, Greg. Oh, Love it's such Greg. a great show, Greg. Such you don't have time to watch it, though. All right. Uh, moving on to the 25th. What do you got for the 25th? It's uh, I Christmas Day. Uh, apparently, that is the release date of not only Licorice Pizza, but also the tragedy of Macbeth, which looks like... Uh, Joel Cohen trying to do Bergman. Right. And I'm not excited to watch this movie, even though it stars Denzel Washington and Francis McDormand. I, I'm not a Shakespeare guy, so I, I'm i a Cohen guy. I'm a Cohen guy, too. Cohen or so Cohen's? the first take, movie that he's yeah. doing by himself, because yeah. I guess Ethan's hung it up for the time being. I don't believe that. I don't understand how storytellers say, yeah, I'm not going to tell stories anymore. This just doesn't line up for me. So I wouldn't be shocked if they do get back together. Uh, it's not like they're digging ditches. You know what I mean? Like I get that. Like if, if yeah, my tired, my body's tired. I don't right. want to work anymore. But to say I don't want to tell stories at the top level, it's like nah. anyways. This is Joel working on his own for the first time, and uh, it'll be interesting. I guess I'm gonna have to see. I'll it. watch it. I'll watch it. I are you gonna see Being the Ricardos when it hits? Uh, when it hits uh, Amazon Prime Video with uh, Nicole Kidman as Lucille Ball and yeah, it's not Jake a priority is, uh, at all. Not a priority. But, uh, no. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, Javier Bardem as Desi Arnaz. It's mm-hmm. directed by Aaron Sorkin and written by Aaron Sorkin. I don't know if you're a Sorkin fan as a director. Sorkin. Love the Sorkin. Oh, you like his movies. Molly's, Molly's game. game. Amazing. Yeah. Great, great. So Love the West but, Wing. But then why why is it not a priority? Because because of the subject I matter? Yeah, I just don't, I, my wife is a giant I Love Lucy fan. In oh, fact, that was the logo for our wedding was the little heart. And instead of I Love Lucy, it said oh, nice. uh, our names in it, right? Yeah. But... Uh, I so she's got to watch it. I don't really. I mean, the first time I heard about it was just all the backlash about Nicole Kidman getting the part and how she looks nothing like Lucille Ball. Yeah. No, uh, she's great in the movie. Is she? Yeah, oh. one of her best performances. I ranked that up with To Die For It. It's a Destroyer. Lifetime movie with a lot of chatter. It looks like it, but it's not. It's an Aaron Sorkin movie within I Love Lucy. So, yeah, and, it's, and if you like West Wing or his Sorkin style, you're going to be fine with being the Ricardos. You know, Eric Holmes loved it, so he gave it five stars. Okay, Eric I, Holmes. Uh, yes, the King's Man sli- Sing Two. Are, are you into that? No, no, I'm not into Sing Two. Oh, um, Greg, do you like Sing? I not don't even at all. Know. No, oh, really? I, I've never seen Sing. I've never seen Sing at all. I really hate the campaign too. The the uh, the, the poster that they have, where they have to show you all the voices sitting standing next to their characters. I just it makes me feel uncomfortable. There's it's just much like that woman, the, the nurse in. Uh, in uh, Miracle Morgan's Creek, who is running from room to room going, whoopee! <laughs> makes me uncomfortable. I just don't like it. I like Adam McKay. I've interviewed him over the years. He's a very nice person. I'm He's excited. He's uh, responsible for succession. 
He's behind Succession. He's really? not the show, right? He's not. He's not the creator. But yeah, he's one of the EPs. Yeah, he's one of the EPs. Him and Will Ferrell. Oh, really? They're still. Oh, well, they're not together anymore. But I guess they're they're executive producers for. Why are they not together anymore? What they, they, they had a big falling out. Did they? I didn't, didn't know, know that. that. No. What yeah. happened with Adam McKay? I'm not and Will kidding. That's not a joke. I mean, what uh, happened? Adam McKay during the during the promotional uh, things for this new movie, uh, Don't Look Up, the next Netflix film, which is now out in theaters, which looks really bad. Which looks really bad, but it hits. It's now in theaters, select theaters, but it hits Netflix on December twenty fourth. I'm excited to see it because of the the cast members. But the cast couldn't be bigger. Yeah, but the biggest cast uh, yeah. ensemble cast of the year, I Leonardo, would say, right? Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, Meryl Streep. You don't get any better than that. I mean, I come. Can you? But Jonah Hill. But. But McKay and Hill, no, McKay and Farrell, what happened is uh, they had a huge falling out. About what? And they don't even have the production company anymore. They don't have, they don't produce movies together. Do you know what it was? So what happened was Adam McKay, he's doing, I think it's some kind of series or movie on the LA Lakers. And he had initially, Will Farrell wanted to to play Jerry Buss, Mm -hmm. the late Jerry Buss. And what happened was McKay didn't even clear it with Farrell uh, and he cast John C. Riley instead as Jerry Buss. Holy yes! And when Will Ferrell they heard are that, like, they are he's, they're, they're almost buddies. interchangeable, right? So then, what happened is the way Will Ferrell and this is this is from the horse's mouth. McKay's talking about it. He said when he should have actually called Will up and tell him, "Hey, I'm gonna go, go for him." Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go for John. I'm sorry, and that could have led to its own kind of. You know situation. what it's like? It's like um, a couple having a threesome, and then uh, the. <laughs> The, the husband gets caught uh, stepping out and, and going with the, the wife's right. friend and mm-hmm. having a, a, a. That's right. That's what it feels like. And it makes it worse because the way Will Ferrell got the information was John C. Riley called him up trying to be. Because John C. Riley's all excited. A stand, a stand up guy. No, he called him up and said, by the way, I, I took the bus roll. How about you both just walk away from the bus roll and walk away from the Lakers project and uh, not ruin careers because of some throwaway Lakers thing? So, yes, the production company is gone. They went their separate ways and then they're not friends anymore. Hmm. And and he, uh, for, I mean, it's, it, when the interview showed, he said that yeah, he he doesn't return his own calls. He doesn't return. Will doesn't return his calls. So How have you not seen Licorice Pizza? Oh, I've seen it. I've seen Licorice Pizza. I oh, you have? really really enjoyed it. You're really lying. You're no, lying I really sack. I really enjoyed John C. Riley's got a cameo. You got to look really hard. I saw for him, my though. Chromebook. He's like Waldo. You got to You got to look for John C. Riley. He's got the shortest cameo. He's not featured at all. Very he comes good. and he goes so quickly. But you're like, oh my god, that no, was John C. Riley. No, he comes and goes so quickly, but you're gonna know because of the voice, right? So have you have you seen it? Yeah, you're gonna know because of the voice. Yeah, I've have, seen it. I'm, really, I'm not it. lying. You're not I, lying. I have seen it. Why do you do that? Not as good as Phantom Thread. Greg, why what? do you do that? Why do you, you're like, <laughs> okay, so Anderson, you've seen it. I heard you talk about it. What do you what do you think of it? And you have me talk about it, and then you don't even chime. I, I, I'm, you're I'm, the I'm chiming. I'm chiming now. I'm chiming. You didn't like it. You for not like I liked it. I like we're from the valley. How can you not like yeah, so you can watch a documentary. Not as good as Phantom Thread. Watch Honestly. a documentary about like you know the the, the orchards of of the old and in the <laughs> valley. I mean that's that's not a reason to like a movie because it takes place where. <laughs> no, it was it was fun. It was nice. The, you know, it's a Greg, movie for people who, who who live the who you love disappoint. the valley and love movies because no, it's, it's not like, about just about the valley. They're in Hollywood. It's L.A. It's, it's about you know, it's, it's like about once upon a time in Hollywood because you get the it is bit. once upon a time in Hollywood. Yeah, a little that's bit. You good. get the hero like William. Basically, Sean Penn is playing William Holden, and and during the making of the movie. Breezy, right? So you have some of that, and then you also have uh, the John Peters reference with Bradley Cooper playing that just John Peters and up in the Hollywood Hills. You hear the story about uh, behind that about John Peters allowed because uh, he's got a relationship with Bradley Cooper, and he said, "Hey, you can do me however you want to do me. Just make sure that." <laughs> I read this. I don't know if it's true, but he said, uh, "Just make sure that you throw in my favorite pickup line, which is, uh, uh, hey, do you like peanut butter sandwiches?'" <laughs> He's like, uh, "As long as you promise me to do that, you can play me however you want." Because apparently, John Peters is a very nice man. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, he's—I guess—a portion of his life is not portrayed in a very, very nice fashion. He, and, it's it's, it's a, a takedown. It's almost like the Bruce Lee takedown in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and this movie have so many parallels. By the way, a great thing about Liquor Pizza that. I don't want to really, I'm going to kind of mention, but not spoil it. It has one of the best action scenes I've seen. That's so on, good. And she, well, she was driving. Is that, was that real? That was her. And that was that, her that has, behind the wheel. That has not, that can't, I can't even drive forward up in the hills. I it, can't. The stakes are pretty low throughout this movie, yet the investment level is very high. And that's, I can't say that about many movies. Yeah. I, I haven't seen a more tense action scene this year. I'm trying to think. No. 
Nope. Hey, you see uh, you see anything for the outfit yet? That movie that's coming out in February? No. It looks like it's a Phantom Thread. The first like 30 seconds, 45 seconds of the trailer, you're like, oh my God, they're making another Phantom Thread? It's just about this, uh, this uh, what, do you, what do you call it? Taylor. Uh, Taylor, Taylor, yeah. Taylor. And he's, like, he's got the craft down. they got great camera work. And then it becomes like a gangster movie with guns and stuff. I'm like, oh, oh, really? Oh, cool. Oh, no, oh cool. It's like, oh, it's like what most... <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, well, what if there was another movie? Like, if you'd never heard of that Phantom Threat, like, what if there was a movie just like this, but you take out all the excitement elements? Like, that's what the Phantom Threat. <laughs> well, Phantom Threat still is my favorite PTA film. Wow. That said, that said, most people will love Licorice Pizza. Let's, this is a no brainer. This is a no brainer film that people have to see. I think for the it's most true. part, I mean, did it look really super grainy like a movie from the 70s that's, to you when you saw how, it? Yeah, but that's or was that the 70 millimeter print? It's supposed to look like that, but I'm yeah. wondering because I don't know if everyone can access that. You know what I mean? I, some, some people will turn it on and I'm like, ew, this feels like an old movie. You know what I mean? I don't know. I think uh, hopefully most people. When you people, say everybody, I don't think it's oh, right, a right. broad I think movie. You don't. Well, it's, a, it's a love story too, right? It's a, and it's a problematic love story, some people say. Is it right? a love story? Is it, It's just a friendship story. Or, really. or maybe. Or maybe hey, let both. me ask you about and I'm It's not problematic. Give anything, I mean, I'm not really. Give when, anything away, but you watch with a pretty discerning eye too. You try to. Actually, you're too nice, but that's not true. Thank you. But uh, the last. <laughs> the movie ends with black, and then there's another eight seconds or so, and it feels so tagged on. And then the movie ends. And I don't know. And it, and it kind of detracts from the movie. And I haven't talked about this yet anywhere. But And I'm not talking. I'm not giving anything away. But Licorice Pizza ends, I think, at a perfect spot. And then there's an extra eight seconds. And they're running. And that, that, do you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. And it almost feels like the studio came in and said, we got it. But I know that's not the case because it's a PTA movie. It's I, bizarre. That, that was weird. I, they should have just ended it when they ended it. Was it was perfect. It was a perfect ending. Yeah, and then he. But it didn't detract because uh, it detracted from because it, oh really? It was it, it became corny. It, it ended on a corny note, and it's such a good movie. Okay, because the, you, what you're saying, end on that and let the audience fill in the rest. Yeah, and I would have. Hundred percent, hundred percent correct. And also, I mean, a little, little bit of a, a little bit of flavorings of punch drunk love, but Schmaltzy. I'm not gonna, Yeah, yeah, it had a little bit of that punch drunk love flavor to it, but I'm not gonna. I'm not going to subtract it for that. I love punch drunk. You don't love punch no, drunk? No, no, I love punch drunk. But I'm just saying it, it It goes over some some beats, some resonant beats, but there's only so many kind of movies you can make. And I think a sprawling epic on the San Fernando Valley framed with two two young people. Youths. Youths. You fine. know what? Talking about it out loud with you, because it's the first time I've had a chance uh, since I talked about it a while ago, it's, it's probably his most straightforward movie he's made since Heart 8, right? Yeah, and it's and prob- and his most open-hearted film since Punch Drunk, right? And it, this is the kind of script that we would never see, uh, especially shot the way it was shot with the budget. Not that it's a massive budget, but I mean, shot. It's it's, it's working with two non-actors, but it's it's still like a, a big production, right? Yeah. There's no. We might see an independent movie like like, like this made, uh, but you're not going to see a big studio seventy millimeter print like movie. This script would be very hard to raise money for. Like, I don't right. think many studios would be clamoring unless it's got a name like PTA behind it. I think one complaint for this film, and I wonder if you feel this way, that Licorice Pizza, in essence, is an anecdotal film. There's so many vignettes in yeah, it. Yeah, it's a series uh, of vignettes. Is that a, do you think that's a detracting? Do you think no. some, some people might not like it? Because I, it's too, you know me. I'm not, I'm not a giant uh, story guy anyways. If the story is arduous and long, I, I will react to it. But I don't need a great story with a middle beginning and end even though that works a lot of the time but i i like characters and dialogue and vignettes work for me for sure so i I really enjoyed liquor's pizza when i saw it and as the two weeks as the time goes on i'm loving it even more yeah it does it's it's it takes a hold of you in in many ways and it actually gets the feel of the valley very well it does yeah uh, before my time even not member berries there for me because i'm Right. Oh, and you do remember the Mikado and a little bit. And uh, oh, okay. Well, and uh, remember Barry's because I moved to Tarzana in 1980 and I was nine. So it's not 1973, of course, but it's I, it got the flavor of Tarzana from what's the Mikado. It was at that Japanese restaurant. Remember the guy in the, the you yeah, know, yeah yeah yeah. It's a Japanese restaurant in the valley. I think it was up for a while. I forgot when it closed. Where where was it? 
I forgot. I think I, I think it was thing in the. I would always see it on maybe right on Ventura Boulevard. I don't know specifically Is it where. Benihana now maybe. Not I, I don't know if it's the Benihana I, there. I don't, on know, I don't know if it's the Benihana. And I think it's Rosanna. Uh, and then the Palladium. That scene was amazing because I didn't know that they used to use it as a flea market. Yeah, uh, I never on knew the that. weekends. Yeah, and obviously they did. So gorgeous. To uh, so what on? else? Uh, Cyrano is coming out uh, as well as uh, a movie called American Underdog. Now look, the story of Cyrano. Are you going to watch it again? Because now instead of the version we saw, this this is. Has a really good actor. Has yeah, I love Peter Dinklage. Uh, was, I, I don't know. I, I don't know why I wrote down American Underdog. Maybe to make fun of it, which is not my style. But American Underdog is that uh, Kurt Warner uh, horrific looking movie, mm. uh, which is also coming out on Christmas. Oh. Cyrano, uh, it it looks bad to me. It doesn't look. It looks frustrating, and it looks preachy, uh, and it looks like uh, it'll make me wish I was watching Roxanne, which I think yeah. is probably going to when everything's said and done uh, will be my favorite of the three Cyranos that I had seen. The one movie that I'm really excited to see too is the movie Jockey because I like Clifton Collins Jr. as an actor and he plays the titular jockey. Jockey, he plays an aging jockey and he wants to win one last title for his longtime trainer and his longtime trainer is Molly Parker from Mm. Deadwood. So I think two good actors, indie film, Sony Pictures Classics. I think this might be a good combination, December 29th in limited release. So that was probably my final film that... I really am excited to see. This is it. The last show of the year. Uh, thank you very much for everybody who's listening. One final uh, recommendation I have, if you have Disney+, Plus, The Rescue. Jimmy Chin uh, co-directed right. uh, his latest documentary, The Rescue, and it's about that uh, the wild boar uh, uh, soccer team, the kids who were trapped deep in a cave, and then the rains came, and they got trapped back there. And uh, we re- remember the story. It happened in 2018, and he documents it in such a fantastic way jimmy chin of course brought uh, brought us maru which was a great uh, movie about rock climbing as well as free solo from a year or two ago uh which i saw on imax and i, I, I was free soloing right there with the dude uh but yeah the rescue is one of my favorite documentaries of the year what was the documentary that you were alluding to earlier yes this is a mo- uh, yes yeah, so this is a movie that comes out a documentary that comes out december 17th it's called president and it centers on the 2018 elections in zimbabwe mm. and you follow the main opposition to he's he's the uh, try he's the guy who's trying to get i believe his name is Nelson Chamisa and he's trying to get the, the the you know he's trying to become president but he's facing a big uphill battle but here's the thing he has a groundswell of sentiment he has a charm of like a Barack Obama mm-hmm. and the way it's shot it's it's uh it's beautifully shot meaning there's there are moments when he's talking in front of the rally and the way the the director I'm going to look up her name right now the way she shoots it it's it's very immersive it feels like you feel like you're in a Paul Greengrass film mm. it's a very very good movie a lot of herky jerky camera motions to make you feel nauseous well, well not 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 that bad sense but the fact that he, I mean in, in at his best greengrass knows how to build a world and actually he's a very visceral Visceral yeah, United, yeah, yeah. You feel like you're really there, and when Sunday, you, bloody Sunday. Yeah, that kind of you yeah. have that feeling with President, and it's it's a really excellent immersive documentary. It might be a little bit heartbreaking as well. It's a follow up to a 2014 documentary called Pres uh, to, called De- Democrats. So if you watch. Theoretically, Democrats and president, you'll have a good six-year history on the presidential elections hey, that's in cool. Zimbabwe. That's cool. And since you're de- you're a documentary enthusiast, I think you're going to eat this up. Uh-huh. So I'm going to work on trying to get you a, a screening link as well. It is an amazing. I don't amazing- watch things on my computer, so, uh, so, okay. so thank you, yeah, thank, you, thank, you. Oh. thank you. All right, everybody, uh, thank you very much for listening. Happy New Year, Happy New Year, Merry Christmas if that's what you celebrate. Uh, Hanukkah, Hanukkah, everything else. Yes. Uh, I just don't want to say Happy Holidays because I cringe when I say that. Happy Holidays, like folks. I, I, I like to shoved say, into saying things. I like, like to say that because uh, it's, I'm a ro- I, I'm very classic. you're rogue. Uh, no, I'm you're rogue. not rogue. You're actually you go with the flow. Yeah, I'm, I'm very. Well, is it, is it gonna rain? Maybe I don't know. Uh, yeah, uh, but uh, hey, be safe out there, everybody. Uh, here's to a better 2022, and we will talk to you in the new year with what January brings us, as well as for you Patreon uh, enthusiasts, 1955 of the year that is 1955. Greg, great to see you as always. See you, buddy. Thank, Thank you, guys. Pleasure.